But it's one thing I love more than getting my pitch over the plate. And that is getting over this plate in Casa Ole. It's like a fiesta in Casa Ole. Casa Ole, fresh today, every day. You get a free child's play, we use ticket stuff from any Astros game. Casa Ole, fresh today, Ole, every day. Casa Ole, Ole! It's limited time! It's episode 58. Uh, sort of a special episode because Pat and I recorded last Monday. We'll record again this coming Monday. Uh, but I am recording a special interview with my brother-in-law, the, the brother of my dear wife. Hey, hey. Uh, that's, that's my wife. Um, and his name's Aaron and, and he, despite having grown up in Houston, is now a Rangers fan. And to be fair to you, Aaron, you, you also chose this for yourself, so just warning you. Yeah, no, no, he knows what he's getting into. Um, to be fair, he was a, he he chose this path before the Rangers went on their like World Series attempts, uh, failed attempts, by the by. Uh, but 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 he 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 chose this path before it was sort of cool to do so. Uh, so I guess my first question for you, Aaron, is how dare you? Well. That's a great question. It's really well worded and thought out, uh, <laughs> and and really uh, uh, a nice welcome to the to the program. Is it a program? No, it's, uh, a, it's a show. It's yeah. Um, no, you call it what you want. Call it so, first, you call it first place. That's what you call it. Really, really happy to be here amongst uh, first place uh, folks. <laughs> uh, how dare I? Well. I mean, I don't know how much you want to hear about my history. I is it a better narrative for me to just be the evil guy who switched sides, or is it? I mean, would your listeners actually like to hear? No, no, no. Because all right, so, so let me explain. Because I I sort of understand where you're coming from. Because I I, I feel like I grew up in Texas, uh, and I I was a UT fan in high school, and then the the opportunity for grad school that made the most sense. For me, at the time, and with my career path, meant that I would I would go to OU, and I've since like I've I've taught like I yeah, just I just I finished living through this with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I just finished teaching a class. It's my like fourth or fifth year of teaching a, a, a grad school class for OU, uh, and I still owe them thousands of dollars for my master's degree. So as a result, like I sort of switched from UT to OU because I owe them money and they also help me pay them back, I guess. So, so I, I, am I'm interested and I think, I think the listeners would be interested in, in figuring out like, how did you, how did you go from growing up in Houston and being an Astros fan? Like you were a legit Astros fan and now you're a Rangers fan. Like how did that process happen? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think the words "growing up" are appropriate when you talk about my time in Houston. Mm-hmm. I, I'm from Oklahoma. I mean, if people ask me where I'm from, I start by saying I'm from Oklahoma. So let's just start there. I, and your your lovely wife, who's in the background back there, can uh, uh, back me up on this. So you know, we were born born in Oklahoma. We didn't spend a ton of time there, but uh, enough time and and lineage to still remain a Sooners fan and be loyal to that uh, 
so I'm, I'm sort of hypocritical, I guess. But, um, and so, so then our first, you know, uh, address in in Texas was actually uh, in Dallas. So, so my first, uh, I was actually first exposed to Major League Baseball, you know, uh, watching the Rangers on television. Now, I can't claim to be a Rangers fan when we lived here in Dallas because I was, you know, kindergarten and first grade age. Okay. But then we did move, then we did move to Houston. Um, but I was never a I was never a baseball fan, and and you know, Kami uh, in the background there is that. Do they know your real name? Uh, yeah, feel, free yeah. to, feel free to call me out if I'm wrong on any of this. No, but it's actually true. You you had a was, pretty piss poor experience in uh, little league that led you to. Um, yeah, even even before that, I was just never drawn to the game because yeah. my parents weren't baseball fans. They they loved football uh, naturally, growing up in Oklahoma, and they actually uh, grew to love basketball a lot in my early years. And so, and that was the only thing I was good at was basketball um, and goods relative, you know, amongst other puny white kids in my neighborhood. Good, uh, <laughs> but so. I was never a baseball guy. I played Little League, and I was okay at it, um, but I had a, a pretty poor experience uh, in Little League, so I, I never really liked playing. It was always uh, a hassle to me because I didn't understand and appreciate the game at all. Okay. Um, so I, I was actually not an Astros fan. I, I, this is this is the, the main uh, part of where most of my Houston friends – and I understand because they all grew up there, and from the time they were in onesies, had Astros, you know, uh, uh, Biggio, Scherzi onesies or whatever uh, on there. But I, I was never that kid. Like, I, I, if somebody wants to get mad at me for abandoning the Rockets, that then they have a real reason to uh, be angry. I'll agree. But, but I was never into baseball. Now, I experienced some of it by association, but still, my first Major League Baseball game to attend was was at the new stadium in its uh, inaugural year in Arlington, actually, hmm. uh, on a summer trip to do all the Six Flags stuff. You know, when they had, had just lost Nolan Ryan there in Arlington, and um, and it was, a, it was a good time to um, uh, to like the Rangers there in the 90s as well. So That's true. Yeah. Um, my first baseball poster in my room was Nolan Ryan's uh, – Five five thousand career strikeout, four thousand career strikeout. I don't even remember. Uh, so I, you know, printed out. I think it was a Houston Post article, honestly, from his. Uh, oh, the Post. Yes. Yeah, the Post. R.I.P. <laughs> uh, so I mean, I was just never that big into baseball, and when I was, it was it was uh, as a casual, you know, Astrodome outfield attendee from time to time, just yeah. because I like you know hot dogs and the experience and air conditioning. Uh, I didn't really grow to love baseball until I was a junior or senior in high school. And really only then because I liked to heckle at high school baseball games and (laughs) and had some buddies on the team. Um, Now, if you want to talk about uh, something I was good at, you know, yelling at opponents uh, uh, for for being really terrible at baseball, that – I was decent at that in high school, but yeah, and and that and I can attest that that extended into college as well because we yes. we we made some people mad 
at Abilene Christian University games. Mike Fires just hit Carlos Gomez in the head, I think. Hell yeah. Out of Mike Fires. Are you watching this? No, I I have to turn everything off so that I can record oh, no. this. Alright, hold up. We don't have to go into Carlos Gomez yet if no, you're not right. No, not yet. Yet is the operative word. He'll be fine. I think he got him in the shoulder, but it sort of looked like it hit him in the head. I hope it hit him in the head. There's no way he did it on purpose. I think it was a breaking ball. But so like honestly I was never just I, I liked Berkman. That was a shoulder, not the head. Um Damn. I liked I liked Berkman a lot because oh. he was chubby and so was I uh, at the time. <laughs> And I thought, man, if chubby guys can make millions of dollars playing baseball, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I – and then I rode a bandwagon through uh, through college, if I'm being honest. That's when they got really good. That's when we were buddies. Or not – they were not buddies, but that's when we were in the same town and watched a lot of games and drank some beer together. Yeah. And so they were making, you know, playoff runs and stuff. So – and, and it was at the same time I really started to love the game of baseball because I lived with I lived with guys in college who loved uh, baseball. They played at ACU. Um, we would sit around our apartment and hit golf balls, uh, you know, through the house or the apartment or the dorm and talk baseball. So because it was it piqued my curiosity. So that's really that's really when I learned to love it. And then you you and I and our uh, soon to be spouses would go watch double headers, you know, all spring at ACU. That's really when I became in love with the game. And so, so yeah, I mean, I watched them, uh, make a run in, in 05. We, I mean, my, my rehearsal dinner, you know, was held at a Rangers game against the Astros and, you know, I wore an Astros hat and my wife wore a Rangers shirt or whatever. And, 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 and if I can interject, that was Carlos Beltran's first game as an Astro. Correct. It was 04. It was. Um, and so, I mean, we graduated college. Uh, both teams got pretty bad after that. Um, I mean, you know, your listeners will probably correct me. I, I think the Rangers were a, a tick above the Astros, but they also weren't like fierce rivals. You know, they, they weren't in the same league. Um, we moved to Dallas and after two or three or four years, I can't remember. I made a very public Facebook proclamation that I was switching to be a, a Rangers fan, but it was after our, the birth of our first kid who, you know, who I wanted to be able to take the games and, and raise a fan because I liked, I liked that part of, fatherhood um yeah it was more it was more uh cemented after we had our second kid and i knew i'd have two boys that were going to be raised in the dfw area i didn't want to try to you know inconveniently the astros got bad around a little bit after (laughs) this time but uh so you know i i i don't regret it at all they absolutely love the rangers all my kids do and we you know we go to games and stuff so um, and they watch with me almost every night they're on. So they both, you know, both my older boys play baseball now. So and they're I'm going really, to pull children into this as much as I can to justify this, uh, <laughs> betrayal of a whole city. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I mean, that's kind of it in a nutshell. And, uh, yeah, I don't regret it. I understand there's some, you know, 
there's some bad blood there, and it's it's especially among those lifetime Houston Astros, you know, people who have both been and and you know either are from there or still live there or have been Astros fans their whole you know their whole lives. Uh, they they think I I was that way too. It's just not the case. So you know. no, I mean I mean I was I was ready to sort of like take you down. And and be like, well, I lived in New York, but I'm not a Mets fan now, so whatever. Um, but no, I, I mean, mean it we'll, may, it we'll throw sense. out a well, I won't say a stat. Um, I lived in Houston from the time I was six to the time I was 18 or so, okay. and only really two years of that or so was I maybe maybe three like a true Astros fan. I've now lived in DFW that long. Uh, so I mean, you know, in in the bigger picture, I I don't know. I I've been here. I've been a Rangers fan way longer than I was ever an Astros fan. So. Weak, weak, weak ass. Um. Okay. So so <laughs> let's let's get past that and and let's let's talk let's talk Rangers and Astros. Um. Sure. When Cole Hamels, who is Mister White Privilege. Uh, rejected the trade to beautiful. Houston. A beautiful icon for white privilege, by the way. And wonderful. He is Mr. White. He's the Lenny Reef install of white privilege uh, in Texas. Um, when when Cole Hamels rejected the trade to Houston, how did you, I mean, as, as far as like he, because if you're a Rangers fan, which you are, and, and I, can, I can, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, would <laughs> sort of, yeah, yeah, no, but it makes sense, but still, whatever. Um, when Cole Hamels rejected the trade to Houston in order to go to Dallas because his wife is from like freaking, I don't know, like I think she's from Missouri, <laughs> she probably is, but Missouri is basically northeast DFW metroplex. Sure. Yep. Um, how did you feel? Like, did you think when when you got Cole Hamels, how? What, give me the percentage of what you thought would be a World Series title in the next like what three years? Like what? what? Uh, Brett Brett Nicholas just hit a three run bomb. If you're keeping score, and if you want to know who Brett Nicholas is, he's our he's our new catcher that we brought up after we traded John the Luke Royal away after. After trading the whole farm for him last year, um, so great question. I hate, I hate your favorite team. <laughs> well, now we're just now we're just the guy in the room who like he knows he's not going to win, but he's just hurling insults from the sideline. You know, yeah, like yeah, um, uh. yeah. So, so if you recall, you were you were extremely emotional about that uh, at the time which you know i i would completely understand uh if i w- if i was you um and you and you sent me a text and i remember it uh in detail because at the time i thought man he must think uh, i'm crazy but i was in my office and you sent me this text this was a trade deadline day and you said why in the world, like who in their right mind would rather go to to the Rangers this year even 
than the Astros. And I, I can't remember what the standings were at the time. This was two years ago, right? No, it was yeah. The Astros were really good. Yeah, no, no. It yep. was the Astros were in a better position than the Rangers were when Hamels was like, "Nah, I'd rather go to Farmers Branch." Yeah, or whatever suburb y'all play in. That's your worst bit, by the way. Your whole North Waxahachie. Yeah, it's a genius know, bit. Grand Prairie South or whatever. <laughs> I mean, South Ardmore. Uh, so yeah, the 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 Rangers were probably three or four games back at the time. They had been as many as probably eight or nine before the All Star break. I, I can't recall, but I do remember Astros got off to a hot start. The Rangers a terrible start, and then it was just a slow pecking away at it the the rest of the season. Um, but I I basically replied and said. And, and you sent me a detailed text about the future and this talent and all that. And in hindsight, you know, who knows? He he probably would have chosen Houston. But if he's thinking of himself as, you know, my window is the next three, four years, this was a team, and albeit, you know, stumbled out of the gate, this was a team that had shown some playoff success with a really strong core in the clubhouse and in a guy like Beltre where he didn't have to, you know, be the guy. Be the leader like he was in Philly. I understand that. And, and he would have had to have been that in Houston because, honestly, so much talent is one thing, but, but you know, skin, actual skins on the wall is another. And, and no one has any doubt that they're going to get those skins, but at the time, and, you know, the same could be said for this little stretch run here. That's why they don't get the headlines or the respect. Now, part of that's just because the the old stigma of being Houston. But I think part of it is because you know, show me something in the playoffs. That's that's some you know most people in the media they're going to want to see something other than talent during the regular season before trusting that this is some team that can go deep in the playoffs. And yeah, granted, it was. It was several years prior for the Rangers, but they they'd shown a consistent season in, season out, being in contention. You know, within the last week of the season, um, and so I, I just think I think it was more of a he thought this was win now, other than rather than taking an investment on you know two years from now, because um, he is in his mid thirties or whatever. I think he thinks he's going to pitch another five years, but um, yeah, that's. That's my thoughts. I don't understand. You said skins on the wall. I don't. I don't know what the hell that means. Like what? Is, what? What? Like a pennant or a, or winning a playoff series? Oh. Uh, oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That's a, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I mean, you know, they played. They played into World Series uh, within a couple years. So you know, I mean, I don't know. What, what did 2014 look like for the Astros? I, I think the Astros won 70 games, and that was the best year ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he probably saw the Sports Illustrated article that was like 2017, and he thought, I don't want to wait till 2017. This is 2015, you know? Um, you know, I, I, I get it. Um, I also... I, I think that his wife's from the area and from that area, South Oklahoma, uh, West Shreveport. 
Um, and 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 that that plays a two and a half hour drive. <laughs> it's it's still it's just <laughs> suburbs holding hands, and uh-huh. so you know that that played a role. And I, I think he had a no, he had like a no trade list, and the Astros were on the and he was like rather than just you know I had to pick a few teams that I didn't want to be traded to, and I'm not gonna I'm gonna stick to it. So whatever, I'm gonna go to Dallas. Um, do you think he's sad and that he like tugs on his testicles because you Darvish isn't there? And now is, is he happy that he's like the ace or is he like crap? It's, no, no, no. It, I, I think like the guy, this. I think the guy wants to win. Um, well, apparently not. I mean, I mean, I think he wants, I, I think he makes a ton of money and he still goes to sleep at night and thinks, well, it's a pretty good life. Even if I don't want a world series, but no, he was bummed. I mean, I I heard I heard some comments he made on a local radio show. I mean, he he sounded bummed. It that trade, and we can get into that later if you want. But I mean, it it um there there's two there's two trains of thought right now going on in in Ranger fandom, and this is only according to my small world and. No, and, you're well informed. You know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have you on if you weren't like uh, the the sort of standard Rangers fan. Not not so standard that you're like. Uh, you're you're not so standard that you have like a swastika. You don't have a swastika, so you're not like. The, I don't. I don't participate in the wave, and neither do my kids. So I'm not the standard <laughs> Rangers fan. Not a Nazi. Uh-huh. So not a typical Rangers fan. All right. So so no. I, the, the, I want to know what you think. Yeah, so I think a lot of things. I think, um, I yeah, I think Cole was bummed out by the U trade, but I think I think with the U trade, I I don't I think the chances are still alive actually for them signing him again. Um, I think John Daniels went to sleep the night of you know the the night before the trade deadline and thought there are, there are too many teams we have to to pass to get to a, just a wild card spot. I I think he's been trying for the last three years to stay, you know, they won the division last year, but it, it, he's a numbers guy. So he knew that w- that model wasn't sustainable. Right. Yeah. And we, and we, we were, we were hit slapped hard in the face with that, like 20 games in this season, basically saying, okay, you got all those one run games last year. We're going to take them back and very quickly with from a bullpen that you honestly came into the season thinking like this is this is one of your strengths. Um, we watched Sam Dyson be the best player in the World Baseball Classic. That's not right, but and then, <laughs> and then turn around and be literally the worst baseball player in Major League Baseball for, yeah, for three terrible. weeks. And so it's you know it's karma, but it's also you know. We were playing with house money a little bit last year, and so, so there's a lot going on. Like, I'm not one to, and, and I y'all brought this up on your last episode. Yes, I do listen to your podcast from time to time. Um, baseball is not a sport like intended for the short term thinker. Like, I'm not going to watch Cole Hamels, and I have buddies that do this. Go out and give up, or or you Darvish for uh, for that matter in his last start. Go you know go out and give up you know ten runs in his last outing and be like this guy's a garbage pitcher. You know, yeah. Uh, 
it's it's meant for us uh, uh, 162 games, you know. So, um, so I for for a long time this it, you know the John Daniels and Brass have been trying to make them relevant, and and I understand they're really only about you know seven or eight really really bad bullpen performances away from being right in the mix with every other slightly above average American League team. No, and in today's you know two wild card team thing, that's enough to sell tickets through the end of you know August into September. So I think ownership is happy staying there and being there as long as they can. Very few teams take the approach and actually do it successfully that the Astros have done, which is we're going to sell no tickets for four <laughs> years, you know, except for those except for those really really good fans, you know. Um, and lose a hundred games. I don't think the Rangers have any intention of doing that. And so while there are a lot of people and, and I haven't decided if I'm one of them, I really, if, if it wouldn't have been for Joey Gallo playing like Barry Bonds since the all-star break, I would, I might fall into this category, but I just, I don't think there, while it feels like the end of an era a little bit, um, I don't think they're going to turn around and just say we're going into total rebuild mode. Yeah. Uh, because they're better businessmen than that in terms of making revenue. And I'm not saying that's the best thing for winning a, a World Series because it, it's probably not. Um, but I think also John Daniels is confident enough in the the organization and the money behind him to, to – to go, you know, make a, a, a at least a wild card contender next year. No, I don't think I don't think anyone in their right mind thinks that they're going to compete for the division in a long in a long season with the with the Astros for the next you know three or four or five years. You know, it's uh, it's interesting that you brought up like your start and Sam Dyson. God bless him. I hope he is you know a saint. I hope the Pope you know <laughs> canonizes him or whatever. Um, he he didn't do you any favors, and I love him for it. But but there's sort of a similarity between like the Astros were came off of 2015, and the thought was like, all right, 2016, going to come in and finish the job, and they got off to such a terrible start and couldn't yeah. dig themselves out of that hole that there's sort of a similarity between the 16 Astros and the 17 Rangers that I hadn't really thought of before, but I love it. And, but yeah, it's, it's the valid. difference is at the 16 Astros, you can go to sleep at night and think, well, you know, we still have Carlos Correa and George Springer and, and hopefully Keiko can find himself. And, yeah. uh, maybe one, one of our two other stud pitchers won't blow out their elbow next season. And like, <laughs> There's all this hope of youth, and maybe Bregman is actually great. Um, the, the thing that the thing that makes your average Rangers fan, even your you know uh, above average consumer of Rangers baseball, so gloomy after the trade deadline, and it was such a weird weekend because you were probably oblivious to it but uh, because you were you know so focused on Bagwell but Pudge goes in on Sunday Beltre gets his 3000th hit the same day and then we turn around that evening you know after poor Lucroy is in the 
picture with Beltre, <laughs> you know, celebrating his 3,000th hit. They trained Luke Roy, who they gave away really good prospects for. You know, I don't know if they're going to be really good. Lewis Brinson, you know, above average maybe, but I. Who um, and so, so they trade him away for cash or you know a player to be named later. Yeah. Uh, after he was just bad this year, he's just bad. Um, and I, I really liked the guy, but he just wasn't who everyone said he was. Um, but and and then the next day, turn around and trade a guy everyone just really wanted to be the guy, you know. And I and I still love you, Darvish. I'm in the camp who who thought he always got a bad rap. I think there's a little bit of old man old white man baseball racism going on there okay uh and may may not in la or new york or something but i think the whole language thing and and how diva ish he was when he got here didn't help Mm -hmm. but the guy loved the team and the team loved him and in and honestly if you talk to like or hear cole talk about him everyone liked the guy i'm not sure the uh, it you know the the front office was in love with him or is ready to pay him thirty million dollars a year, but but he's you know it, for all intents, I mean he's he's a top ten American League pitcher. Yeah, you just those aren't growing on trees, and we certainly don't have anyone coming up behind him who's just going to replace him. And so I, I was sad when he got traded. I think a lot of Rangers. Fans, I think a lot of the players were honestly sad um, when he got traded, and so you know, it is what it is. But man, why did I come on this podcast again? Now I'm just sad that you Darvish is <laughs> that, a doctor. That's what that that was my goal to make you sad, <laughs> to make you angry. Uh, so so let me ask you this: like, how do you feel? Because you you pay attention, and and you know what's going on. How do you feel about guys like Keuchel and Josh Reddick coming out and saying, like, oh, you know, the front office let us down by not helping us at the trade deadline? Like, give me your outsider perspective on on how you feel about comments like that. Well, um, I mean, there's a couple things, right? That was dumb of Keuchel, I, I think. It showed a lot of immaturity. Yep. Um, of course, Joey Gallo just lined out at 120 mile an hour exit velocity to double off Beltre at first, but it looked like a smash single. Um, so, um, I, I think it's dumb. Number one, I think it also shows a little bit of a lack of communication between like, I don't expect. Jeff Luno to be in the clubhouse saying, look, guys, we tried. Uh, or, hey, we totally believe in what we have here, mm-hmm. uh, so we don't need to go trade away the farm system. Um, so, But there, there could be a little bit better, I think, uh, line of communication there to say, look, we were at, we were at the goal line, you know, getting Britain and, you know, the Orioles screwed us or whatever. Yep. Like, um, so, you know, I, but I would also, I would also take him in a closet and be like, <laughs> Punch you him know, in the be, chest. Care, be careful what you wish for because, because, hey, remember in 14 when the Rangers traded away their 
you know, two of their top four prospects for freaking uh, Matt Garza or, you know, <laughs> or you name it. Like, John Daniels, to his credit, like, he's thought he had the team for, like, five years now. So every trade deadline, he's going out and getting Beltron and uh, and Lucroy and, and, you know, Cole Hamels and Cliff Lee, and he, he does it almost every year. And as a result, we have no farm system. Right. So, like, that's why that's why every real Rangers fan and and people who follow the system deep are sad because they're like, we just don't have the the Yankees or the Cubs. I, I don't even know what the Cubs payroll. I I will pr- say all this by saying I'm I'm really just a consumer. I'm not like a I don't blog or get into this in like detail. I don't know the contract details of you know uh, the the 90 man roster or whatever. So, but, but he goes out and he tries it like every season. And as a result, we have no chips to play with anymore. Yeah. And so you almost saw him this year, like scratching and clawing to get a little bit of that back. Um, and only be, you know, finally we're five, five games out of the wild card. So we're going to trade away some, you know, some top names to try to get something in return. And that's all it's doing is getting more kids back in the system. Yep. Um, and so that's why, you know, a lot of people are, are on that. They, they feel a little bit like this is the end of, of a window. It's, it's closing a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would caution, I would caution number one, not trusting a process, right? I, I hate to use the 76ers bit, but yep. like, it's gotten them to be the best team in the American League. Uh, so, like, you know, take a chill pill and maybe go out and win your next start and not, you know, um, and be an ace instead of complaining about. So, but, and the second thing I would say is that goes a little bit in line with what I was saying about Cole. Like, they need to see some, the, the Astros. And while right now winning is their personality, <laughs> uh, I mean, other, you know, other than the last week or so, yeah, um, they need a they need an identity, you know. Like, say what you want about the Rangers or the or or whoever else falls into this category where like they they kind of ha- have been who they are for the last five or six or seven years. Um, the Astros they haven't really they haven't really you know gotten this identity where everyone just understands oh this is the team that you know i'm not saying every team has to have a figurehead like kershaw or or bryce harper or or beltray but beltray right for the rangers but um they need something like and and you know that'll happen with a, a dramatic series win or a you know a couple of no hitters from keichel or whatever but um yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I'm always, I'm always a little bit worried about. And and the other thing that you don't want if your team leader being like doomsday. Yeah. Uh, like so what? We didn't do anything. I want my guy going out there saying, okay, oh well, that that means they trust you know what they have here. No, there's a reason we're 47 games above 500 or whatever <laughs> they are. Uh, let's just keep doing that maybe and, and coast to the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I don't know. 
No, the, you know that's a that's a good point. That the, I, I don't know what other than like I mean Altuve is one of the best players in baseball. I'm not going to say he's the greatest player in Major League Baseball right now. He should probably he should probably win MVP this year, right? I mean he's. Well, I mean, there's Aaron Judge, and you know he's, he's probably going to win it because he's a flipping Yankee. He's but tall and hits home runs, so and plays in New York, so that's good enough. Um, I love Altuve, by the way. I I really dislike the Astros, and you'll call me hypocritical for you know because I used to like this team, but I can't stand McCullers. He has to be one of the worst <laughs> players on the planet. He's, and he's Bregman, you know, I mean, clearly he's your odor, right? Uh, <laughs> Dominican hazing jokes aside, like, uh, or whatever that happened <laughs> with his brother. But I knew you were going to bring that up, so I just figured I'd get it out of the way. Sweet. Um, but I love Altuve. He can be a little bit of a bonehead on the bases, I think. Yeah, no, but. he is. Everybody is. Um, so, yeah, you brought it up. Like, how do you feel about, like, Rugnet Odor's younger brother, who's also named Rugnet, like, jacking off minor leaguers? I, lo- I love the fact that his name, one of the hardest and most confusing names in the world, Rugnet, is also his brother's name. It's, it's such a good name, we have to go name your brother that, too. <laughs> so, so uh, is, that, is that, like, I mean... Because you could, I mean, you could say as a Rangers fan, like, well, Luno doesn't believe in your team, so he's not going to make any moves, um, or the moves that he makes don't exactly pan out. And then Astros fans respond with, hey, we don't jerk off. Like, no, he's trying to break up. No, I, I, I don't think that's true. I think you're trying to avoid the question. Um, like, uh, yeah, so, so how do you... Is there is there a response to like, hey, your minor leaguers like forcibly masturbate teammates? Is there anything to that? Uh, I didn't hear that. Your audio is starting to break up real bad. Also, don't believe that. <laughs> um. <laughs> so the, the the question was, and it, it might be true. The question was, like, how do you respond to, like, hey, Rugnet Ordor's younger brother, Rugnet, uh, forcibly masturbated uh, a teammate, which which is likely sexual assault? I generally respond the same way I do. I did hear you that time, and I, you're, honestly, your audio was breaking. I was probably because my boys are streaming uh, MLB highlights in the other room. Uh, Bless them. I love those kids. Uh, I generally I respond the same way I I do every time I hear of another athletic or fire department or whatever that like hazing incident that involves some sort of sexual intercourse, which is <laughs> what why like I I remember being like that not I mean fueled from a from a testosterone level like when i was that age like i gotta go like break a beer bottle on on something but i i just have never understood it and there's no um there's no explanation for for that but it seems to happen within these really uh like athletic culture and you know whether it's a a fraternity uh or sports team or whatever um, it's pretty, you know, 
it's pretty disgusting. So, <laughs> so I, 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 um, I go straight to denial and that, um, and that, well, he was probably really intoxicated. One would hope. And, uh, and let's hope he never gets to the, you know, triple A because I don't really, I don't have to think about that when I see him. <laughs> uh, and I'll just pretend like it didn't happen. And it wasn't associated with the team because I mean, he's that far removed. He's in another country and it's not really the Rangers. So that's right. my justification. So, so let's, let's play out the next, the next few years. Um, put your roster. No. Okay. okay so. You and I have had this conversation before. If yep. you could, if you could trade a Rangers player, no questions asked, like just swap out a Rangers player in the opening day lineup with an Astro, position by position, who do you? Which Astro would you want on your team? Uh, first pick would be Altuve, because okay. uh, Odor is the worst, maybe Ruby. the worst player in baseball. Rugie is um, man. He's like a he's like a, a modern day pocket uh, Nelson Cruz. You know, like you can just <laughs> sit, put him in your pocket and look at his ears. Um, <laughs> he's so flashy. He hits so many home runs. He has the best home run bit in baseball, by the way, where he he dips his head like he's old school Rangers Ian Kinsler, like he just popped out. And he, he just drops his bat. You've seen this several times because he hits a lot of home runs against the Astros. That's fun. Yeah, uh, that's fun you brought that he, up. He, he looks like he's mad uh, as after he hits a you know second deck home run. Um, mm-hmm. But, man, he's so inconsistent, both defensively and uh, and mainly offensively. He's, he's Joey Gallo without the upside. You know, he strikes out a ton. Uh, he's just so he's just way too streaky. That's why I compare him to Nelson Cruz. Um, streaky both both offensively and defensively. And Altuve, you know, is the best hitter in baseball. So yes. yeah, I take him first pick. All right. So so uh, first base, who the Astros have sort of rotated around. Yeah, the, I would take Joey Gallo today. Um, I look like. Towards the end of last season, I was in the camp of everybody else saying, "Like this guy is a, this guy's the minor league version of Chris Davis." You know, he hit he hit ball far, but he uh, but he strikes out you know five hundred times a year. He's Chris so, Carter. He's Chris Carter. That's that's who he is right now. No, no, no. That is the that is the you. You haven't either been paying attention or, I mean, honestly, like anyone outside of, of a Rangers everyday fan or, or beat writer doesn't understand that that's just not the case this year. Um, for starters, the guy's 23, not 75, like Chris Davis. <laughs> he's, also, he's also not 100 pounds overweight or whatever. Uh, I, mean, I don't know if Chris Davis is that fat, but um, he – he is he is above average defensively. He could play third base. Like he started the first twenty to twenty five games, and and not very well offensively, but defensively. I mean, if you're watching him every night, he he can make some plays at third base. Um, and so you know, can he play first base above average? I think so. Yeah. Um, but 
and I'm not, I'm not looking at the stats right now, but the guy's second in home runs in all of baseball. Um, maybe maybe the American League. Um, his OPS since the All Star break is something like like 1100. Uh, yeah, no, the guy he's, is he's the guy's good. figuring it out, and he's only 23. He does strike out too much, um, but he also has started to walk a lot. So you know he's he's what those what these new guys are calling the you know kind of the, the new face of baseball, which is like that true outcome guy, right? He's he's probably going to hit a home run, get a walk, or get a strikeout. You know, um, but. But he's he's starting to take really good at bats. He doesn't just whiff at three pitches. He's not he's not Josh Hamilton when he's in the dumps. You know he he's he's starting to get it. And I'm I'm perfectly fine saying Joey Gallo could be our first baseman until Beltre retires. Uh, and I just think with that kind of consistency at the plate and like playing the same position every day, um, I think he'll he'll get even better. I'm, I'm he's. I'm the most excited about Joey Gallo, maybe maybe tied with Mazzara, um, just because they're both so young and they both have so much upside. Okay. Um, All right, so Al uh, Correa or but, Andrews. But I also love Marvin Gonzalez, by the way. Um, Wait, what? The 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 U Darvish killer. The perfect yes. game killer. I mean, I hate I hate him with every fiber of my being for that. Uh, but I mean, I just like that kind of baseball player that is like, he's going to play for a team and be a nine hole hitter on a team that loses a hundred games, but he's going to go to work every day and just continue to get better. I mean, the guy (laughs) just can play any freaking position on the field and he's respectable at it. Maybe not. I don't, I don't watch the Astros every day, but, uh, yeah, no, you're, you're right on. The guy just keeps grinding, and I don't know. Is he hitting two eighty five this year with 17 bombs or something? Uh, no, I, just, I, like, I think he's at – no, he's over 285. He's hitting like three – he's hitting 300. Yeah, that's – I mean, that, the Rangers don't have a 300 hitter on their team, I don't think. So yeah, maybe one. Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so where was, I'm sorry. What was your question? All right. So so you have to choose between uh, Correa or Elvis Andrews. So the question was over the next two years. Yeah. Sure. Uh, man, I love Elvis Andrews so much. You love his he's errors. Al- he's against the Blue he's also he's also that kind of guy that you know he got a contract probably a little too early. Um. Probably a little overvalued at the time, but the guy just plays beautiful baseball. Um, and he's figured out how to hit with power all of a sudden. Um, he has like 15 home runs this year. Elvis has been, you know, other than Beltre, the most consistent Ranger over the last four or five years. Um, what about the errors in that Blue Jays game? Oh, man. Um, we're gonna have to do a separate whole thing about that Blue Jays game, <laughs> that Blue Jays series. I'm on. I'm I'm serious about this. Like everyone misunderstands that whole thing. Uh, he did have, he did have two errors in that game. The most impressive part of it to me was honestly, he came back last season and has the best season of his career. Yeah, that's um, true. When honestly in the off season, people were like, 
this, you know, he heard a lot of noise, which was, you know, it's all his fault, and and this, you know, we're paying this guy. He's supposed to be the leader of the team, and that's fair. Uh, he came back and and was the was the driving force of that of that uh, division title last year in my mind. Um, he was great last year, and he's been even better this year. So. Correa, I mean, he's going to be good for 10 freaking years, and that pisses me off. No, he's uh, he's A-Rod. He's A-Rod with the character of Gal Ripken Jr. <laughs> Gosh. In the face of baby Jesus. Yes. Uh, so, I'm annoyed at Correa because, like, everyone told him that when he was 12 that he was going to be this great, and he's pretty much done that. <laughs> so, that's kind of annoying to me. Like, I don't like that LeBron story. I would rather the yeah. I like the Evan Gaddises more than the Carlos Correas, which yes. like you're mopping piss off the floor one year and then you hit <laughs> 20 fingers the next year. All uh, right, so third base is Bregman or Beltre, which is not fair. <laughs> I mean... I mean, all right, hold up. Now it's my turn. All right, so I hate... Here, here are things that I hate ranked. Number one, I hate Satan. Of course. Uh, number two, I hate Nazis, which which is worth mentioning today. Um, and number three, I hate the Rangers. And Wait, all, all Nazis are like... No, no. Uh, there's not like a half Nazi. You can't go oh. half Nazi. So, so all Nazis. What about like soup Nazi guy? No, nah, screw him. Um, Makes great soup, though. <laughs> well, it's, it's fair, but... But the, the the Nazi, you know, whatever, uh, and and then I hate the Rangers after that. But but any any baseball fan that does not appreciate Adrian Beltre is dead to me, because he is a national treasure, and is one of the greatest baseball players of a generation. So so whatever. I mean, I, I love Alex Bregman. I love the BTSOOTR hashtag that he threw out there, but, but no, I mean, Beltre's, he's the king. So, so you get do you Beltre. Like, do you like Bregman getting in, uh, like Twitter wars with, uh, fans? Um, yes and no. Bregman to me is that this is why I call him your odor is and Odor doesn't do this on Twitter, but like he just, you know, he embodies that small man mentality in my mind, mm. where like I have to, I have to say more than than my game. Like I have to, I have to go out and 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 tell you what I'm going to do. Um, I don't know. That guy's just annoying to me. I love it. Love it. So all right. So left field. Terrible. By the way, Who's your I hope he's just like like a two twenty five hitter with like seven <laughs> runs for the next twelve years. Yeah. Who Who's your left fielder? Because I don't even know. Depends on what night it is. Tonight is Joey Gallo. <laughs> of course. Uh, I mean, it's been a revolving door. You know, we we've had. Uh, Delino DeShields, former Astros great. Screw that guy. Uh, um, you know, Chu will play there sometimes. You got Carlos Gomez from time to time. It just, I mean, it, the only uh, the only constant 
or most consistent has been Mazzara in right field. But other than that, the the outfield has been just a big mishmash of people, including Profar from time to time at the beginning of the season. Um, man, it's it's a mess out there. All right, so so basically, what we're coming down to, and and we'll wrap this up, um, is out of your everyday, you know, nine hitters, I guess. Uh, yep. I would happily take Beltre, uh-huh. and I would happily take Mazzara because I think that dude has potential. Like, but but overall, yeah, I'm not so impressed with with your favorite team. That's okay. All. Cool. It's good talking to you, though. Yeah, fun. This is great. I hope. <laughs> I hope. You, I hope you cry. Right. My team is 17 games behind, and you don't love them. This is breaking, like uh, breaking news here. Yeah. No, I think I think you're 15. 15. Is it 15? All right. We're making some. You've lost eight out of ten, and we're now only fifteen games back. Fifteen and a half, yeah, yeah, fifteen and a half, and you've made up three games in the last ten. So, all right, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean the 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 youth that I do feel great about. Um, it's a pretty short list, honestly, for the uh, for the Rangers. Uh, Mazzara, I love Gallo. I love I love I love the upside of both of them. Uh, Odor, I think the I think the jury's out. Um, he needs to be able to show like consistent seasons. And then you know I think uh, Bill Trey's window is starting to close. And Elvis, <laughs> you think he's he's sixty four years old? You think you think he's maybe in the twilight of his career? Probably a little bit, but I mean he's also the best hitter on the team this year when he's healthy. So I don't know. He's he's immortal in my mind. Um, yeah. All right. I, uh, you know, all that being said, um, you know, show me something Astros before, before you, uh, you know, have this, uh, this, uh, baseball hubris of, uh, really, uh, regular season success, which is, which is all great, but, um, do, do something in the playoffs. That means that, you know, that means a lot. Coming from a dude whose whose favorite team's right fielder let a pretty routine fly ball go over his head. That guy's a mariner now. He's dead to me. <laughs> <laughs>